Today's chat is brought to you by the support of all our Twitch subscribers. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through the Twitch platform, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a subscriber of the FFC and gaining access to some exclusive features over in the Discord server, please be sure to visit our Twitch account and click on the subscribe button. If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search. Focus that fire! And so we come together! Welcome to Focused Fire Chat! Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on January 17th, 2020, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. As always, want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. This week's episodes are going to be focused around exploring the lore book Dawning Delights. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the intro session of the week's explorations. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who all we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86. And this is the perpetually tongue-tied green-eyed music lover. One of us is always going to fill that role. Uh, mm-hmm. And last but definitely not least, in the hot seat as guest co-host, we have our good friend, Dr. Jazzy Bebop. Jazzy, how are you doing? Hello, I'm well, thank you, and thank you for having me on. Thank definitely. you for joining us. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I've you, been wanting this to happen for like two years now. You have I'm, no. Oh, I'm wow, gonna be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna get a agree wow. with Green on that one. Like you're fighting schedules, and then okay. So are you? Are you located like near the fires that are going on? Like how is? Um, oh, I'm. I'm in Melbourne. In the okay. Yeah, I'm in Melbourne, Australia. For anyone who doesn't know. Um, so my state, Victoria, is yeah has been pretty badly okay uh, affected by. I was going to say, I'm like, you're fighting, um, you're fighting schedules, <laughs> fire, like a little I'm bit, just, yeah, yeah man. Not, thankfully, Melbourne is okay. It's been more uh, like regional areas that have been mm-hmm. having the fires. Although we have been having, um, you guys have gotten pretty smoke. bad smoke yeah. coming mm-hmm. through. Yeah, it's not too bad today, but yeah, there's some days that definitely it's been. Uh, it's been quite hazy, and they've been giving warnings about that the air quality isn't very good. And you know, is that just where to be the yeah. um, the tennis uh, tournaments have been? Yes, is, the is, Australian okay. Open yeah. is yeah. in yeah. Melbourne. That's correct. Yeah, I was here. I was. They were talking about that earlier today about. They kept. They kept like they're they're doing. They're like judging the air like every four minutes or something just insane and it was yeah like, that sounds wow. about right yeah i think there was some poor player who i don't remember their name but yeah had to mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah forfeit the, the match yeah they're coughing too much like bad coughing fits and having trouble breathing yeah just not not, not nice <laughs> oh, <laughs> not gosh. good um 
uh, is there not good conditions to be playing in at all? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's what I, I think the, cause I think it was the BBC was talking about. They had sent a, like, I think it sent an open letter basically to the organizers about the whole thing. And I was like, I was like, geez, I can't, I'm like, I'm just trying to get my head around the concept of that in general. So, but yeah, a little bit surprised I went ahead with it. Although I don't know, I guess all the, when they decide to cancel, mm. usually it's more if they're canceling, it's on like really hot days. We haven't really had so much, you know, cases right. where they've had to cancel because of um, really bad air quality. So see how it goes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, we, it's, oh, it's forward, just right. hard to kind of even wrap your head around a bit. And I know that I'm sure that is something that has been brought up quite a bit lately just because it's so, so personal and so around everybody down there and just in in where we're at in the u.s we're in the midwest and you have like hurricane katrina happens technically that's nowhere near where either blue or i are mm-hmm. but a lot of our friends from overseas will ask so it's i'm it's reassuring to hear that you're not so close to where the major burns are happening no thankfully we're all right here for the moment yeah i do feel yeah. sorry for the poor people out in the more uh, regional areas, yeah, they've definitely, yes. definitely been having a hard time. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. yeah and the weather's but... not weather's not cooperating too much. But yeah, no, <laughs> um, we should shift over into something a little less heavy. S- yeah, a little bit more festive. Yes, so jazzy, but jazzy has been a part of Ishtar Collective for as long as I think. It's been around. Have, weren't you one of the? Oh no, no, I, I wasn't no? there. Um, I thought you were. Originally, good lord, when did I join? You've I, been there for a I while. I can't though. remember. I think it was I think it's been at a least year a year or two, or two. Right? Yeah. You have. So it was many after D two came out. I remember because I was helping with doing the transcripts of the ghost scans. Yeah. Yeah, because I got I got her way aware of you with your uh, screenshots. Because we used oh. a few, we used a few of those for like our early uh, banners. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I re- that's that's that was the first time I talked to you. I was <laughs> like, hey, you're one of the few people who oh, actually wow. take really decent screenshots in D1. So, oh, oh, wow, thank you. <laughs> I feel yeah. really oh. special there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, that's so cool. Uh, it's always awesome to hear people using my screenshots as like wallpapers or whatever i've had people say like they use them for wallpapers at work and like for real wow that's so cool no they're they're good you you do a really good job with those (laughs) oh thank you um i should explain i guess for anyone who doesn't know that uh i like taking screenshots of all the the really beautiful uh, scenery and landscapes in Destiny. Um, although I haven't had so much time to do it lately, unfortunately, because I've been super busy. But um, yeah, I guess yeah, it's one of those things. One of the things I love about Destiny is that just they do amazing environments. Um, they're they just do. stunning. And I guess sometimes you know, it being a first-person shooter, it's really easy to just go around, you know, running around shooting things and doing your quests and your bounties and all that just sort of jazz and, you know, not always, um, I guess, taking the time to kind of have a bit of a look around. So uh, that's one thing I like doing, just going around exploring and finding the uh, some of the prettier places in game and taking screenshots mm. of them. Yeah. 
So is that what led you into getting into the lore a bit? Or was it something uh, different? Oh, good lord. Um, I'm trying to think. No, I think I got into... When did I get into taking screenshots? This was several years ago. I think it was uh, when I was part of a uh, a previous clan um, a while ago, and they used to have, I think they did like kind of clan screenshot competitions. Um, they'd have like a scavenger hunt kind of thing. So okay. they'd say, oh gosh, it's been that long. This was like 2015, 2016 or something. Nice. Um, and so they'd have ones, you know, like get a photo, like on a ship or something, get a photo with, I don't know, a female vendor or something. There'd be all sorts of things. And um, I think I remember, um, I think, yeah, one of them was like, oh, I could get a photo, but like, let's see if I can get it with a nice background. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of, like, one of the ones I'd noticed on Earth, I think, on the Cosmodrome in D1 at night, if you looked up at the sky, it just has this beautiful aurora. It, like, mm-hmm. the colours just look lovely. Um, and then I think another one was when I was on one of the times I think I first started paying attention to the scenery was when I was on the moon. And, you know, you'd load in patrol and, you know, usually you just go, like, you jump on your spare and you just go shooting up the hill. And mm-hmm. then you go off and you do your whatever patrols or whatever and this time I thought no I'm gonna just turn around and have a look and you know turn around and just thought like there's this just stunning view of you know the sun and the sky and um you know just the stars everywhere I was like wow that just looks like what a phenomenal view and it's been there the whole time like I think I've been playing several months at this point I was like that view's been there the whole time and I never noticed it because I just never bothered like just looking in that direction and then then it got me thinking wow I wonder what other you know pretty places there are that like I've run past probably like hundreds of times and just never looked so um I used to do more of yeah of just like going around and exploring like everything (laughs) haven't done it so much in D2 unfortunately um just been well university first yeah uni's been a bit busy but um like there's definitely some places I'd love to go and take more screenshots of like especially a shadow keep like some of those places on the moon oh, look yeah. so cool <laughs> so i made the discovery personal discovery about the um it's like a space station that's floating above the moon a bit i was like oh, oh my gosh. gosh i never really noticed it apparently it's been there since d1 i had no idea like i never looked up. oh really yeah oh that's oh yeah i think i remember seeing that it's just that one it up just in the caught sky. completely off guard but yeah Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love walking around the moon. It was so, especially, yeah, it was just so nostalgic, like going back to these old places going, wow, I remember like walking around these halls and things and like mm-hmm. in D1 and getting to come back to it was really cool. Yeah. All right. So I've got two questions for you beyond what we've kind of talked about already. What got you into the lore? If it wasn't the screenshots, what was it? <laughs> um, I can't. I'm probably not remembering exactly um, since this was a while ago. I started playing a few weeks before Taken King came out. So when was that? 2015. So mm-hmm. I'm not a day one player, but I have been playing it uh, for quite some time. I got into it because I used to used to play Halo a lot when nice. I was younger. Um, uh, but I hadn't been playing video games for a few years, I think, at this point. So I'd heard Benji had a new game, but... 
I wasn't really paying attention to it. So I didn't really know anything about it um, other than, like, it was a sci-fi shooter kind of similar to uh, Halo, you know, with enemy alien races and all that, and that was about it. And my brother got it for me for my birthday, which is about, yeah, three weeks or something before Taking King. So initially I just came into this game and had no idea what the hell I was getting myself into. Um, but like I found, you know, I really enjoyed the gameplay and the missions and all that. Um, yeah, didn't sort of, I think initially, I don't think I really got probably into the lore until after Taken King. I think that the thing the that got me, into. yeah, it was a good time. I think what really, like, I think I was sort of like kind of interested in general details, like, you know, oh, okay, who are the fallen? Like, what are they? And, and all that, but not really delving deep into it i think it was if i remember right it was books of sorrow that got me really hooked on the lore um i remember reading that and just being so fascinated by you know the the story of how the hive came about and backstory of oryx and and his sisters and the worm gods and all of that and i thought wow this is like you know this is so cool it's like a story at such a grand epic scale and then that got me really um interested you know what other kind of you know really interesting stories uh are there in the lore and i think i got hooked from then (laughs) so yeah yeah, books of stories i think if i remember right it probably wasn't the first lore thing i read but i think that's what got me hooked yes yeah absolutely and then the final question for you is what class do you primarily play uh titan Titan at heart. <laughs> really? I, yes, I am a Titan. <laughs> you are one of the few lore Titans that I know then. Oh, really? It's, yeah, it's like... Few and far between, are, huh? Right. I think that's awesome, though. I love like, <laughs> I love Titans. I think they're, they are fun-loving people, a lot of them. So <laughs> it's great. It's good to hear. Yeah. I think I, I think when I first joined, uh, like when I first started playing and, you know, they had came up with the option to pick classes and I didn't know anything about any of them. Mm-hmm. And I think I looked up like a quick guide just to see if there's much difference. And I picked Warlock initially because it says something about space magic. And I was like, who doesn't want to use space magic? Right. So I got into that. And then I think second character was a hunter and Titan was my third. And I don't know what it, like something about Titans, I just found I... I like the other two classes, but Titan is more my favorite. I think partly also I like I like the idea of Titans being like the defenders of the city and humanity. I quite I guess I like that. <laughs> that and you know punching things. <laughs> that and punching things. Yeah. And then the bubble. Oh my gosh, the bubble strats are real. Again. Oh, the bubble. Just, yes. And yeah. you know who hasn't accidentally, totally accidentally punched a cursing thrall, right? <laughs> I think we all have. Like, I've, I mean, I <laughs> just have. like you do it, and like, like just after you're like, oh, crap, that was a bad decision. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh dear. Yeah, but yes, great. Titan for me. Cool. Well, I'm glad you kind of hopped in with us and joined us on this one. Like I said, I've I've seen your video clips and your transcriptions and whatnot on Ishtar for a long time. So I oh, wow. really <laughs> wanted to get you involved and just kind of hop on with us because I wanted to get your perspective on some something just anything and it so happened we got to do dawning delights or get to do dawning delights this time yes which i'm very excited about so thank you for having me on (laughs) as to discuss such a wholesome book it's so good (laughs) right something not so heavy at the moment yeah this is so cute i love it all right blue do you have any special announcements or anything before we start diving in Mm, no not this week (laughs) 
Not this week. Okay. Do I have any special announcements? <laughs> I, don't I like think how you're I asking do. me. I know. Uh, I'm like, I don't think I have any special announcements. Not um, at the moment. I have a teaser. I have the design figured out for this year's Guardian yay, concert. Yeah. So we're going to do that. And then, uh, you know, I guess as far as special announcements, it's not really a special announcement, but, you know, we kind of were talking, Jazzy, you kind of just brought it back to my my mind. Um, if you haven't already, you know, Bungie is Bungie has released their uh, Guardians for Australia t-shirt. Uh, I have it's mine. A, awesome design absolutely love it and then also be sure to also give some love over to the ddd uh, ddu podcast they um i talked to matt about and rick a little bit about this but they're going to be supporting they're going to be their charity drive is going towards the australian red cross um so that is an organization that is not restricted to just one uh, area but actually the entirety of the the country so um yeah that that was the only the only thing with the the shirt and i think wires actually came out and said that they they are they are working to not be restricted to is it in north south wales is that jazz uh, new that, south wales new south wales okay pretty close i'm like pretty i'm close. like i i say it and i'm like that makes no sense in my head but whatever um <laughs> But no, because yeah, I know I know wires. I think is technically they're only allowed to to operate within New South Wales. Um, yeah, but that has been they are in the process of like working around because of the extraneous circumstances and everything. Um, but the Amer- the Australian Red Cross is not restricted, so that's what the DDU podcast is actually. That's one of the reasons they are helping or going towards that. Um, nice. yeah, chat's, chat's loving it. Listen, listen, chat. I'm talking, I, you know what? Listen, I, I'm done. <laughs> Green. Let's talk about the dawning delights. So yes. Did you want to do your teaser or did you, uh, Oh, I just said that my, I know what the design is for guardian. Okay. Con. That's okay. your teaser. That's the teaser teasers. Yeah. Oh, black flag. Look, look, I'm just going to smack chat real quick. Um, so, all right, so let's run through, we'll just run through a quick, uh, housekeeping notes as usual. Um, and then we'll jump right into the chat. Last episode, we discussed Eva's journey with Saints Workshop. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to let us know by giving us a shout over on Twitter, leaving a comment on Podbean, or sending us a quick email at focusfirechat at gmail.com. Reviews or comments on where we can improve are always welcome. They let us know what we can do better to create a more enjoyable experience for everyone. To all those who have already sent us feedback or left us a review, thank you. As many of you are aware, Focus Fire Chat is a community in which we offer the chance to dive into lore from within various titles and mediums with a special focus on the Destiny universe. Every Friday at about 10 p.m. Central, the podcast team gets together to stream a summary of the chosen topic for that week. The hope for this is to help encourage dives into aspects of game lore within both our Discord server and within the other communities we share the digital world with. If you're a fan of lore in all its various forms, be sure to also check out thelorenetwork.com, a central hub for content that covers a wide variety of different titles and mediums. Our full show notes for each week's topic will be posted here, so for the additional information or guest details, be sure to check the site out. 
Our next topic is going to be a look at the lore book, The Pigeon and the Phoenix. That being said, however, we still want to hear your thoughts about this week's topic. Be sure to weigh in over on Discord, and don't be shy in tagging any of the team in on the conversation. We can't wait to read what your thoughts are. But for now, let's get back to the show. So the Dawning Delights, uh, man, Dawning Delights has been around two years two, now? Two years. Uh, and Go for it. Go for it. Yeah, it's it's a collection of, I would almost call them like journal entries is what they kind of feel like. Because it's Eva talking about, in most of these, Eva talking about different characters within the game that we know, different NPCs. There are a few entries that don't necessarily follow that format. But for the most part, it's just Eva's take on a bunch of different people. I think my favorite take is still the Zavala take. Because it's wholesome, but also kind of that same feeling that a lot of us have. And we're going to get into at least a brief summary of all of them. There are, I believe, 22 entries for this book, which is, it's an actual book rather than a booklet, in my opinion. And there's there's a bit of significance with within the book itself that kind of ties into some history of some of our NPCs that we don't get a whole lot of information about. We have Amanda Holiday, we have uh, Hawthorne has an entry, we get information about Mark and Devram. And if you don't know who Mark is, you will by the end of Devram's entries. Just there's a lot of little tidbits and it's a really mostly fun loving book. There's not a whole lot of darkness to it. That being said, last week we did the whole Eva's journey. Do we want to start with any Eva quotes or do we want to just jump right into the book blue? Uh, well, I think the thing with the quote, you know, you're correct in that dawning delights is not a lot of darkness. But mm-hmm. the origins of the dawning kind of yes. points to a bit of a dark time. Um, and this is this was back in Rise of Iron when we kind of got all this information. Um, what was that? That was the the uh, that was one of the first suits of our sets of armor that we got that was specific correct. to a seasonal thing too, if I remember yeah. correctly. It was pretty cool yep. armor. Um, but this was the one where they talk about, like, the one that, oh, gosh, the, the quote that just always sticks with me, like, just really hard to think about is, and I can't remember which piece of armor, I think it was the chest or it was the head, um, but it's so much hung on our heads, which path to take, which children. Mm-hmm. And it's just like... I remember reading these quotes on this armor and it's Eva really predominantly that's, that's kind of speaking about it. Um, and it's just like, geez, like you want to talk about just something that like hammers home the difficulty that they had to go through. It's like they, they, so what they're saying is, you know, they had to choose to leave children behind because they couldn't bring everyone and so, it's just like, oh man. The like the most basic history of the dawning is the fact that it comes from a time where Eva specifically, now granted, Eva is not necessarily the originator of it. Um, she and Tess both organized the first one, 
but yeah. well, the idea behind it, I think, well, is see, I don't, than those two. I, I think, think they it, organized they they brought it to the tower, but right, Donning, but yeah, bad. Donning seems a lot older because they there's stories of Amanda having Donning um, on the road to the mm-hmm. the last city, so like yeah. the Donning is like this, you know, the Donning is it's at the end of the year. Um, so it's very reminiscent of like modern day Christmas, New Year's Eve. Uh, if you're, if you're familiar with Christian, yeah, your Christianity, there's like the epiphany, uh, yeah, Hanukkah, you know, all the, all the kind of world religions and world, uh, celebrations of just the end of the year. Like, even if you're not religious, you know, that's kind of a celebration, the winter solstice, you know, the, the whole thing, everything's coming to an end and, and a new beginning is, is occurring. And so that's what the dawning is, is it's the dawning of a new year. However, the other thing that like the thing that I kind of take in it is that it's also the dawn is also a really cold point of the day. And when you look at the rise of iron armor, you're, t- you're talking about people who froze to death while they were, you know, being led through killing free, like freezing blizzards. And so it's the dawning. They were always looking for that dawning of light on the horizon. Um, and when they found it, when they did see it, you know, that's kind of where I kind of get the idea. That's kind of the idea behind the dawning crystal is like, that's the, mm-hmm. the, the breaching of the sun over the horizon and the, you know, the return of warmth really. Um, I don't, I, that's just kind of my head cannon, but um, I like that. Yeah. That's metaphor. Well, cause if you look at it and, and the reason why is cause I actually, I actually got the ghost shell this year, uh, the little dawning crystal ghost shell. It was really actually really kind of <laughs> <Nice>. cool. <laughs> but um, if you look at the way that crystals designed, it's almost like a sun, it's like it, it's like a minute. It's like an ice sun. Um, so that's just kind of. I was looking at it. And I was like, you know, that actually kind of makes sense because it it seems odd that that is like the centerpiece of everything. Like you know, it was a big deal to get Ikora to make it uh, for the tower. Well, yeah, I, um, I I would agree with that. There's not a whole lot describing why Eva wanted Ikor to right. make it, but she sure does go after Ikor every oh, yeah. year she, to make it. Uh, Doom for Zombie says that I think all the holidays is in the city for a while before they come up to the tower. That is actually correct. Uh, we get that kind of conf- confirmed with Festival of the Lost. And again, Eva is responsible for a large, I think pretty much all of the festivals being brought to the tower. Eva is the driving force behind that. Um, and the reason why a lot of times they have not taken place in the tower is because of the, se- the segregation between guardians and citizens. The guardians are, it, Eva is like the bridge between those two. Um, Eva says, I think it's, I, th- I want to say it's in the Dawning Delights, actually. She talks about um, how the guardians don't, really know how to approach citizens sometimes or no it's it's uh, one of the ships the insomnia ship um and and she's like you know she she says that each guardian has a different approach to it but you know the thing is is that she feels that they need to know that they are welcome they are welcome to be included whether however they feel comfortable she wants them included in all Mm -hmm. of that So, do we want to kind of dive into the perspective of 
Eva on some of our different characters, or not our characters, but our NPCs within the game. Because Eva has quite a bit to say, which is not only just revealing about her own character herself, but also a little bit more about how certain characters are perceived within mm-hmm. the Donna. Yeah, I mean, the first one that I, I see that you have here is the joy of the dawning. It's a reminder that we should never, ever lose hope. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, again, Eva Eva does not have a bright past. Uh, Eva's past and Eva's story is one that is not very happy. Um, and so, again, her saying that is even more powerful given her history um and then you kind of see that in her her view of everyone around her even because even drifter he she's like i don't trust you but i'm gonna give you a cookie like you know it's like she's (laughs) she's just like she's like i don't think you should trust him but well you just give him a cookie Um, everybody's welcome in the dawning right right Mm. Including Aldrin. Anyway. <laughs> yes, definitely including Aldrin. <laughs> Pauses for effect. Um, the well yes. of optimism that is his ghost. Well, oh, yes. And what better ghost to have for somebody who is the most emo character in the entire game? <laughs> the bullpark. Right? I just want to see Eva adopt Aldrin. Oh, I like that. I totally, totally would see it happen, too. Yes, I could totally see her just bringing him under his wing and being like, "Come on, you know, we'll uh, we'll cheer you up, you know, give you some nice tea and try and make you a bit happier, feel a bit more welcome." Could that totally see nice. her saying that. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I need to see. <laughs> poor Aldrin, but it yeah, is poor it Aldrin is a confirmation of where he's at, and that that's not necessarily within the dawning itself. That's within one of the cards we got for the dawning about mm-hmm. the ship. Amnestia, I believe, is the name yeah. of it. Amnestia, mm-hmm. yep. So. But I think, Blue, you should jump into the first card of the Dawning and talk about our favorite Blue, other favorite Blue Awoken. <laughs> favorite on, oh gosh. Is this the, <laughs> I... okay, you want me to talk about the knitting, the knitty knitters? Yeah, talk about, talk about Zivala. All and right. also the terrible joke, apparently. Oh. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of a joke. Oh man. So this this entry is Lighter Days and it's like like I, I love how Eva like explains her progression of kind of getting to know Zavala. Like, you know, it's it's uh she's she's like uh if you've never met him, he can be a bit stern. He's hardened further since the Red War, I'm sorry to see. So obviously this is Season of the Forge, which is when we got this particular entry. Um, and I, she goes on to say, I suppose we all have to some degree. In any case, that very first meeting left a sour taste in my mouth. I hate to admit that I avoided Zavala when I could after that, though sometimes he'd made, he makes himself unavoidable. <laughs> which I'm like, yeah, I can see that. Um Hang on, hang on. Do, 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 do. It's Austin, the sternest among us who have the saddest hearts, uh, which is kind of interesting. This was like she's remembering one of the first times, the first dawning at the tower. Um, and she and Tess were, had just been decorating and she had 
left to get something when Zavala began heading her way. And so she wished him happy dawning. Uh, and then he wished her the same. And he smiled. And then she says she doesn't remember what brought this on. But suddenly he said, oh, that reminds me of a joke. She says, at first I thought I must have heard him wrong because the Titan Vanguard had always struck me as the, quote, no time for joking, end quote, sort. But he had barely begun <laughs> telling the story before I noticed how much more relaxed his posture was. It seemed the spirit of the dawning had reached even this stone man. <laughs> I'm just going to read this because it's just terrible. I remember only pieces of the joke these days. I believe it had to do with a guardian and a falling captain. But I clearly remember that he stumbled over over the first few words and had to start again. I gave the warmest smile I could to encourage him, and he went on to tell one of the longest, most awkward jokes I had ever heard. And listen, I loved every minute of it. Truly, I couldn't have been happier. Oh, I clapped and laughed along with what I swear was real true joy from Zavala. To have such a guarded soul open like that, few things are more beautiful. I admired him so in that moment that he could push himself beyond the boundaries he held himself to. I remember hoping that I could someday be so brave in my own way. For the first time, I didn't just respect him as one of the city leaders. For the first time, I felt real, genuine affection for Zavala, the person. Zavala, my friend. I love how Zavala is going to moonlight as a comedian after this whole thing's over with. Uh, Would that be before or after he has his knitting circle? I mean... He's multi-talented. Like he, the guy, he's got a soft day. side. He's he multi- the real he's, romantic he, character. He knits with Kevlar. He knows Shakespeare. He and knows Art Shakespeare. Of War, I think as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Yeah, the Sun Zhao. Yeah. Gosh, Zavala is such an interesting little character, and it's yeah, nice I to see like that. It's, it's. I know he gets a lot of flack for technically just in a lot of people's words the way he handled the red war but he's still just a person too he's a a slightly my book yeah he's just slightly unapproachable i think is the biggest thing because he's 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 the adult and he's always the adult yeah yeah and i think people also compare him to cade and feel like Mm. cade's the fun you know jokester and zavala seems a lot more serious and not so not so fun i guess (laughs) He's, Probably, the, he's the yeah. one that he's like, we don't have time for jokes. We have to defend it because we might die. Everyone else mm-hmm. is like, oh, yeah. just relax. He's like, no, did, did you not hear what I just, you know what? <laughs> just forget it. Like, It sounds like an actual conversation. Yeah, it's like, it's like you are, we might, uh, you know what? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and Okora just standing in the background. Yeah, and Okora's just like, I don't, I don't have time for this. Yep. <laughs> Was what was it that she told Cade? Uh, or entertaining or fooling you would be the least I could do, or something like that. I can't remember the exact thing from D two. Fooling you would be yeah, yeah, fooling you would be the easiest thing I do all or do today or something. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, gosh, I haven't. I forgot about that one. (laughs) Been a while. But I think we should move, kind of move right along because we got a lot of cards to get through. (laughs) To tradition is bigger than you. Jazzy, do you want to take the lead on this yeah, one? Yeah, I can do this one. So this one's about Ikora. So um, uh, so I think Eva's talking about, yeah, traditions um, for the dawning. And say how, you know, she's at this point, she's back in the tower 
wants to have a really lovely uh, dawning celebration. So she asks Ikora to make the dawning crystal, the <laughs> lovely one that you see in the tower. And she sounds like she asks her repeatedly <laughs> until she finally gets her to do it. Um, hey, Ikora. Hey, Ikora. Hey, Ikora. <laughs> hey, listen. Um, wait, wrong game. Well done. Well done. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so she said, you know, she 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 makes an appointment, um, you know, to talk about the decoration. She knows that she's busy. So, you know, when she comes to find Ikora and she hears her talking with someone, she doesn't want to barge right in. Um, so... We'll probably call this eavesdropping, I suppose. Um, you know, and Ikora is apparently, you know, sounding a bit angry about, um, you know, having to do the dawning for decorations. You know, she thinks it's a bit frivolous. And then her ghost is saying, um, you know, it's not not frivolous. You know, people people need this. Um, and and you know, she's saying that she's she's got other. Other things, you know, to worry about, you know, there's stuff happening out on the troubled shore and, you know, her head and her reporting, uh, I assume this is about Drifter, <laughs> probably also concerned about him. Um, and, you know, then saying, you know, that she hasn't heard anything from Osiris and sounds a little bit sad, I think, but um, like she said, not that she expects it, but, you know, obviously perhaps she'd like to hear from him, you know. Um, I think it's and just more then, the realization that uh, there are a lot of people who need a tradition to hold on to. Right? Yeah, that kind. Of, yeah, I think that's probably what it. Yeah, it definitely sounds like that's what her her ghost was trying to get across to her. Um, and then not you know then she picks up that Eva is there, and so Eva comes across to her, which is their happy dawning. Um, let's see what else. Uh, then she you know she after I think saying no twice, she finally agrees, yep, okay, she'll she'll do the the dawning crystal. And um sounds like her uh so yeah, she she does that. Um what else have we got here? So then yeah, her um you know, Eva is running around doing errands with her assistant uh Malia, and so they come up um to see Ikora when she um she creates the the you know huge dawning crystal that you see and um uh trying to think how much I need to summarize of this. No, you're you're um, good. Uh and you know her her assistant Malia, you know, is, is I think probably quite shocked. Um and or yeah, we'll say that. Um you know, and drops all the packages she's carrying, and and Akora uh, comes over to help them pick her up, and um, and then oh, poor Malia, you know, she's actually just crying, but um, you know, apparently her family, uh, Eva says, you know, Malia's family escaped the city during the Red War. You see, though they survived and have a home again, there have never been many beautiful things in their lives, which is quite lovely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it must have been nice for her to be seeing that really you know really beautiful crystal and and she uh malia you know touches Zakora's arm and vows a thank you um and um then eva brands down and takes the packages from 
Ikora, all except one, which is bound in golden ribbon and embossed with an open eye and circled by a sun. So, and she gives her to gives the the package to Ikora, and then here's Ikora's ghost whisper to say, "I told you so." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so yeah, it's just quite cute. Like, Got a little Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's uh, nice also to see Ikora actually talking to her ghost um, mm-hmm. since there was that long, <laughs> what was it, like 60-something years or something yeah, like that they didn't or talk? Yeah. Or she didn't talk, rather, to her ghost? So. She just ignored him the entire time. Yeah, so nice to see oh, at some point they must have made up, I suppose, when <laughs> she started talking to him again. So, yeah. Something. I, about it. Yeah. So after that, we get to Dawning Before the Dawning, which is actually the story of Amanda on the road, Amanda Holiday, and it's it's Eva reflecting on a story that Amanda had told her about when they were coming to the tower and some of the hardships that they were dealing with. There was you get a little bit of information about her mother and her father in some ways. Nora met Amanda's father in some half-abandoned village. And when she told him about the last safe city, he followed her. And they had no family but themselves. They picked up fellow refugees on the way and lost others. And the main part of the story in this entry in particular is the story of Amanda and these refugees on the way to the tower having their own dawning celebration. She's, and this is what, what Blue had mentioned earlier about how the dawning is older than the tower. It's older than the traditions of the tower, at least. And Amanda told me about one particular dawning they had shared out in the wild. They had fallen in with another family that had a child, Lucia, a bit older than Amanda. They were agreeable, agreeable travel companions, and they found themselves in the thick of a forest with the wind wailing and a storm coming down, branches flying, and they realized they had to stay put. So they find they find this drop ship and lean up a wing and crumpled siding and squeeze all together all grown ups and the little ones to be in this dry little space. And they Amanda's mother is the one who kind of initiated the whole thing. And basically, she sent the adults out to go grab forage stuff to forge food for them and water or something to drink. And Amanda's father came back with all sorts of different things, long leaf plants to weave into mats. And the companions came back with water flasks, some prickly fruit, and a dozen or so wild vegetables like cucumbers. So they feasted on this. That was their holiday meal. With that, I think the prickly fruit, you get a description from Amanda about it, um, that it was slightly sour. I think the prickly fruit is probably... uh, Something it's not, I don't know if it's lychee or uh, what is it? Ramadan. Ramadan that's a, a celebration. Rambutan. Uh, Ramutan or dragon fruit. Um, it says that it's slightly sour, so it may not actually be anything truly relatable. Mm. Um, in my head canon, I think it's more like a lychee or the Ramadan, just because okay. that idea, the prickly fruit, or it could be a prickly pear type thing because it talks about white fruit within within it so they feast upon all these different aspects and together the girls made a miniature garland of tiny bulbs and amanda basically 
created a Christmas lights for them. She's the one who helped fashioned it. They celebrated and they kind of just had that, that kind of somber yet really, really encouraging celebration out in the wild where they basically made the best of what they had and realized that their togetherness is really the, the main part of the dawning. Really, really sweet story. Nice information mm. about Amanda's family. Just her own journey, which Amanda's journey to the tower is kind of a sad one, if you know the full of it. But this is a happy moment within there. Any other touch points that you guys think I missed on that? Uh, was that the one? Was that the one with the lights? Did you mention that? Sorry. Mm-hmm, that's, okay. Yeah, she Perfect. she made the Christmas lights. She made the Christmas lights. Yeah, because that was the first hint too of her being like. Uh, old hand with the uh, electronics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did seem like a bit of a nod to saying that might have been how she got interested in doing Make yourself useful. You know, that kind of stuff that led to her, yeah, working on like sparrows and ships and that sort of thing, which was Probably. nice as well. <laughs> All right, blue. Well, you want to talk about uh, like one that's kind of almost a tearjerker is it's the feeling that counts. And this one is with Banshee. 44 mm. um Poor oh my gosh he is so adorable um i know right? can we just so, give him hugs please yeah it's just like it's so he's <laughs> like oh my gosh so anyway so basically this is eva she she has been told by her suppliers that they delivered a couple boxes to the gunsmith by mistake so she goes to banshee to sort it out and of course, Banshee, being Banshee forty four, has no idea what she's talking about. Um, it, but she says he recognizes me, and I notice his eyes glow, glow a teensy bit brighter. Must be about the dawning. He mumbles and turns on his heel and heads straight to some shelves in the back. And he comes back with two big boxes, and he hands them to her. And he's like, "Are these them?" And he, and she says, "They open it up, and this is this is like hilarious." So, like the first one is a very old box of chocolates. She's like, you probably should throw these away. Um, a copy of Hunter of the Heart. <laughs> Which is it's described as novel. described as, I know this novel, but it is not for everyone. <laughs> for Cade, apparently. Oh my. Um <laughs> And so, and so basically, Eva's like, oh, no, no, no. These are presents people have given you for the dawning, Banshee. And he's like, oh. And then he, like, puts it away. And then he pulls out the other box. And this is the part that, like, just melts me. Is he's, he pulls out this the other box and he opens it. And it's full of dawning gifts wrapped in brightly colored paper and tied with glittery ribbon. Some are in tiny boxes, but some are guns, of course. And they are all meticulously labeled. And... Eva's like, I think these are the presents you are giving to friends this year. And and she nods and then he he then goes through and reads every single label. Um and then he she Eva says that she also notices that he's even written instructions on how to use the the gifts. And then he goes on to say, I've got I got in the habit of writing everything down. Sometimes I I don't always remember. He waves the thought away. And then she's like, okay, so I still need my supplies, the box that she originally came to get. And, and he's like, oh, I know those. And he's so he goes, uh, 
he go he's going to go take the boxes back and Eva tells him, you know, you should label them old dawning gifts and new dawning gifts to be delivered. And he, he agrees and writes on the lids. And then he comes back with her packages and he makes sure to tell her, I never forget my friends for the dawning. Hmm. I'm like, <laughs> he's so sweet. I love yeah. Banshee. <laughs> like, he's sorry, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, and I think she says at the beginning too, he's like one of the older residents of the city in the tower. Yeah, some residents of the tower have been around for very long indeed. The Guardians, the Exos, the old the old Iron Lord. They have seen dawning after dawning. Even before the tower began observing the holiday as we now know it, there were those who would always celebrate with st- similar ceremonies of light and hope. Sometimes these memories blend together, but the feeling, the feeling remains. So again, kind of nodding to Banshee being habitually like this, not necessarily because he remembers it, but because... He feels like this is the right thing to do. Hmm. Our choices defines Jazzy. Alrighty. So this one is about uh, Hawthorne. Gives a little bit of a background on <laughs> um, on her. <laughs> um, you know, when she was younger. Um, and quite clear, Eva seems to really admire um, Hawthorne, um, says that, you know, sometimes when I face something frightening, I think of the strongest people I know and draw strength from them. Soraya Hawthorne is one of those people. I know her brusque attitude can be off-putting, and that's intentional on her part, but uh, once you get past that, there is so much to learn. So apparently Hawthorne was uh, orphaned when she was young, and Devram and his husband Mark uh, adopted her, took her in um and i think eva sam mentions that they must have been pretty good role models for her and that's why you know one reason she's turned out the way she has um they raised her to be sure of herself and to always do what she thought was right even though uh that ultimately led to her having to leave the city (laughs) so apparently from what horson says um one day she came home and she found Mark and Devram um, sitting at the kitchen table and uh, they asked her <laughs> to uh, sit down and, ask, and then asked um, if there was anything wanted, she wanted to tell them. And she said no. <laughs> <laughs> this, <laughs> right, this, uh, this conversation is <laughs> so amazing. <laughs> and then Mark... Uh, asked her to try again, but she was silent. So he told her that Executor Hideo, who's from uh, New Monarchy, uh, had stopped by their home. <laughs> she asked how he was. Uh, you know how he is, Devram said. <laughs> Tell us what happened. And Hawthorne <laughs> says his face got in the way. <laughs> and then Mark uh, says that Hideo claims that he caught her stealing supplies that morning and asked did she have anything to say about that (laughs) she says she did not and uh mark reminds her that uh that stealing supplies and breaking a faction leader's nose were both good ways to get kicked out of the city and soraya uh you know just uh explain you know shouted her explanation saying you know that 
the factions didn't care about the people who needed food and supplies, the people who could not pledge to a faction because they were too busy struggling to survive. Like she wanted to help them, so she would sometimes steal supplies from New Monarchy. She's and, a Robin Hood character here. Yeah, she is too. <laughs> um, and Devon asked her, you know, what about Hideo? And she explained that um, when he'd found her, he'd said all manner of nasty, evil things to her. She was worthless. She was nothing. Things like that. And <laughs> all the way Eva says this, Devon agreed Hideo was, well, I won't repeat it, but suffers to say it means an unpleasant person. <laughs> Um, (laughs) good old Eva Um, Mm -hmm. and apparently Hideo was um, insisting that Hawthorne be punished and I think that apparently just uh, gave her the motivation um, to decide that she wanted to leave the city and she thought maybe that was partly why she'd punched Hideo and she told that to Mark and Devram, and I just love the way, <laughs> love their response. You know, they were just quiet for a bit, then Devram broke the silence. Well, let's get packed. Like, he's just so sweet, doesn't even question it. Like, mm-hmm. yep, okay, you want to leave the city? Cool, we're going with you. Like, I just, they're so lovely. Um, and she, you know, she disagrees um, with them coming with her. She says, you know, she, she wasn't about to let her decisions. Uh, hurt these men who had taken her in and cared for her. They'd done nothing wrong. And they had a big argument about it for a long time until they, you know, um, she she finally said, you know, if you try to come with me, I'll run away. Um, and they, so, um, you know, they tried to convince her one more time you know, to let them come with her. And she was quite adamant and said, I won't let you suffer from my choices. What else could they do? And um, and uh, Mark said, you know, he could he could hold off Hideo for a day or two, so they could all make a plan. And and then he um, said, you're going somewhere close enough that we can come and check on you as often as we like, <laughs> at least for a while. That is non-negotiable. And he was just, uh, he had no negotiating power, of course, but <laughs> but Soraya agreed anyway. So apparently she she stayed very near the city for over a year before she finally said a proper goodbye to them and uh, headed out further into the world. And um, yeah, and then Avard says, you know, Soraya Hawthorn is in my mind the definition of doing what you think is right. Regardless of the consequences, she knew it was right to help struggling families. She knew it was right to not put Devram and Mark in harm's way. And she knew it was right to give them some peace of mind by staying close. That is the kind of true courage I've always admired. So, yeah, I quite like that entry. It's very nice. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I like how it's followed up with an entry about Devram. Yes, yeah. Nice, nice way to tie into that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Segways for the win. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Devram, the entry about him is kind of more of a a remembrance between her, um, Eva and him, and some of the the growth. You talk, you hear Eva talk about her own personal growth throughout all of the the story, and especially through the Red War. And she made a friend in Devram, I believe 
if I remember incorrectly from last week, that she made a friend in Devrim right after the Red War happened, within the like on the farm and everything. Mm-hmm. And that's she at least talks about that's him. what I got the feeling of, at least because mm-hmm. that's when he formed what was it, the Old Guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is amusing. I, I'll call him the seasoned guard for anybody who gets upset about being called old. But uh, Eva talks about how he looks out for others and helps anyone who asks. She said she saw him many times after she made her way back to the farm. He'd come by from time to time to check in on everyone and make sure everything was going all right. We sat down for tea a few times. Such a kind, sincere soul. We need more of those, you know. She goes on to talk about what what's out there he they have kind of arguments time and again about the merits of fighting versus the merits of doing what eva does with the organization and devon felt very strongly about you you still have to stand up to it even if you are an organizer you really have to stand up to it and the line in particular he says eva this isn't some what-if situation. You've already had to defend yourself. It stands to reason you'll have to do it again. The cabal aren't backing down, and they're not the only threat. To know all that and still not even try to protect yourself, it's irresponsible. Just kind of a throwback into Eva's journey with her having to... She picked up the shotgun, and if you remember, she had injured herself with the shotgun because most likely it was geared towards more of a guardian stance rather than a normal human, and even then, Eva's older, so even if it wasn't a normal human, a 12-gauge can very easily bruise ribs if you don't put it in the correct place as far as, like, taking the impact. And when Eva went back to the tower, they still had, like, correspondence via letter, but one of the correspondence that she got was a package from Devram himself, where he had sent her a sidearm with beautiful, ornate design and antique coloring. The note from him says, Eva, my friend, I was sorry to hear that you left the farm after all, but very glad to know that you're, you'll be among dear friends. In that spirit and in the spirit of the dawning, I wanted to offer you this gift. It has been passed down through my family for generations. It's a K family heirloom. And before you throw it away, you should know that it doesn't fire. I thought this might be a nice compromise and hope you'll accept it. In the hope... I hope the I hope the tower treats you well, old friend, Devram. So even though he knows that she's not going to pick up a firearm and join the fight, he still wanted to give her something that, to him, is also very precious. That family heirloom. Kind of a sadder, sadder story, but very, very um, poignant as hmm. well. Blue, dawning on the storming seas. Dawning on the star. I'm surprised you let me talk about this one. Just because it's Sloan? Just because it's Sloan. It may be because I'm partial to a card later on that I wanted to make sure I was in the correct order to get to. (laughs) I see how you're doing this. Um, (laughs) So I actually, I found something really interesting about Sloan is that she's identified as a stoneborn. Um, Yeah. Which is interesting because if I remember, it's also called out that there are no Stoneborn Titans left. So I was like, huh, okay. Anyways, 
that was interesting. Um, but no, so it's basically uh, Sloane is writing to Eva, uh, just basically telling her thank you um, for everything, especially packaging up the chicken, which I didn't know she sent Colonel out there, but apparently. Oh, um, oh no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, Colonel. Bird. Um <laughs> Chat's not happy with me. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, uh, you know, so she says that she's tried decorating the railings outside the command center with all the garlands, but the fallen kept picking at it for target practice. Um, and so, basically, she goes on to say, you know, that it gave them an opportunity to take a break and to celebrate a. Um, a pseudo dawning even out on Titan. And, um, you know, she says that she, she said, we cut our protein rations rations into fun shapes. I was like, what? (laughs) And once, and once we got your taffy warmed up enough to chew, it was heaven. I'm like, this is, this is so, such a Titan. Like, this is such a Titan's letter. Like, it's just like, I'm like, what is going on? Um, Someone it's also cr- just a reminder of how cold it is there. You don't see it as a guardian. You don't feel it, but man. Oh, that's true. Titan well, is yeah. Not a warm and, place. Then, and then someone apparently cross-stitched Where's My Beacon uh, to hang in her quarters. Apparently it's an inside joke for mm-hmm. and her inspirational quote. Um yeah, so she says, you know, she was, and and she goes on to explain that like the gifts that change hands on Titan are decent tools, heavy ammo, and thick socks. Maybe that doesn't impress people accustomed to the dawning in the towers, but those presents have worth to us. When we joined hands afterward, whether for warmth, warmth, or just conviviality, we got to talking in a way we'd never really had before. I don't think I've ever voluntarily shared stories about myself in my life. We talked about who we were before the Red War, where we came from, and even where we might want to go in the future. It's not easy here on this storm-tossed moon. One jolt and you're tumbling off a platform into eternity. Between the fallen and the hive and the elements, we were always just struggling to stay alive. But as we sat there chatting, we felt alive. I guess I wrote this all to say thank you, Eva, for reminding us to take a moment to appreciate and rejoice no matter what. I find that inspiring. That's nice. And then Eva's opinion. I have never left Earth, and Titan sounds like a very interesting place. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> Too polite to say what she really I know, yeah, thinks. Like, I'm like, oh, <laughs> grandma's not impressed. <laughs> oh, oh man. So yeah, that was but that think, was from Sloan. Mm, I think that where's my beacon bit is. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a reference to one of the Titan adventures. Yeah, yeah. it's because the uh, Sloan goes the off. Wait, wait, keeps where's stealing. my beacon? <laughs> The, the fallen stole, kept stealing stole. it. Mm-hmm. She's what's like, the, I've yeah. got to <laughs> like, What's it? Yeah, there's that, like, looking at the transcripts. What's it? Savala says, Sloan has stepped aside <laughs> S- for the moment. The thing she's shouting yes. would blister your ears. <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> oh, gosh. So I think the next oh. one is celebrate each other. So I think this is this is me, isn't it? 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Alrighty. Uh, so this one's about the lovely AI failsafe. Uh, so, um, uh, fail, uh, Eva, well, not failsafe, Eva uh, says, you know, that she'd heard about the Exodus colony ships. You know, she didn't really know much about them. And uh, she'd forgotten about it until, you know, some guardians told her they'd found, you know, one of the Exodus uh, ships crashed on Nessus, and um, they told her about what happened uh, to its failsafe. Um, and she says, I understand they were originally one AI, the ship's navigational intelligence, but with time they separated. It sounds to me like one of them is always happy and the other is always sad. That's no way to live for either of them. These things must exist in balance. I know they're computers, but I worry for them. And uh, she says the one Cardian uh, told her recently uh, of the time he told the failsafes about the Dawning Festival. Um, He'd gone to see them to turn some bounties in and mentioned that he was excited to get back to Earth to um, participate in the festivities. Um, so they, you know, they asked him to explain, you know, um, what what is this dawning as they'd never heard of it. And he said something to the effect of it's a winter celebration that combines several old earth traditions. And Beaver <laughs> says they, they responded, I will try to word this exactly as he did since he prided himself on his imitation of them. They responded by the happy one saying, according to my database, Earth's winter occurs when one hemisphere is oriented away from the sun. Why do you celebrate being cold? Then the sad one said, I mean, I can't feel cold, but it sounds awful. So it's <laughs> um, <laughs> probably a really terrible imitation. Um so this guardian said something like, it's more that we're celebrating each other, which I love because that is how I've always thought of it as well. We're all here together eating sweets and being with each other. The fail says asked a few more questions. And then the happy one said, if we are celebrating each other, how can I participate in the dawning? I am all alone. It is very depressing. And the sad one said, I'm not going to celebrate the fallen. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you, uh, you know, the guardian, her, her Eva's guardian friend, um, you know, said, you can wish every guardian that comes out to Nessus a happy dawning. Celebrate with us. We would love that. And that seemed to cheer both of them up a bit. Um, and apparently <laughs> they practiced wishing him a happy dawning for the better part of an hour. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Apparently they needed a fair bit of practice, I suppose. <laughs> um, <laughs> said, I know. <laughs> Eva says, go visit them if you have a chance. Being far from the city shouldn't stop anyone from having a pleasant dawning. So that's quite sweet. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> nice that Failsafe's got to be involved in their own little way, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know what's I I love that entry because you get failsafe's personality, but then the we get into the next one where we have some other colorful personalities. <laughs> yeah, and the next one is a cautionary tale, and it's it starts out with Ikora approaching Eva and saying, "Eris Morn is more depressed than usual," kind of thing. Like she really wants Eva to t- go and talk to her, which Eva she's proud of herself for snot 
not snorting at that whole thing about <laughs> Eris being depressed, which is like, okay, sassy grandma is still sassy. Got it. But Ikora is really concerned about Eris and saying that she's more depressed than usual, which is hard to tell kind of thing. Um, and the technicians in the hall of guardians are complaining, which is probably the real reason why Ikora is approaching Eva. And basically she was trying to she tries to brainstorm with Eva and Eva says perhaps she has a friend. Well, maybe not a friend, but somebody she likes to talk to. Someone who she has something in common with. And then Ikora perked up and said that there is somebody she will voluntarily talk to. <laughs> which is Asher. So we have awkward, slightly <laughs> no, depressed girl. You, you have to keep going because Do you want me- yeah. the best part is the next part. Okay, so Icora per- but Icora perked up. There is someone she addresses voluntarily. A ginsum scribe named Asher Mir. He's also, well, he's an excellent scholar. I'll reach out to him, unless you know him, of course. I don't! <laughs> but I hope it goes well. I want everybody to have a happy dawning. No, if you'll excuse me, I have to do- I do have to make deliveries. And then, essentially, Ikora, Ikora got a letter from Asher. She and oh gosh, she's not. She said he grumbled at first. He seemed unaware that the donning was taking place. In fact, but I explained, and when I told him it would be very well regarded if he wrote her a donning greeting card or went to visit her, he said he could write a card. He also said he had a donning gift for her. And I, he was like, oh, how kind. I'm not so sure. It was folded in four to form a greeting card. Nothing on the cover, but inside was written. Eris, the warlock vanguard has approached me about cheering you up for a holiday that is going on. I shall seize the serendipitous opportunity to send you the research notes you demanded of me and on her heretical practices among the hive. Have her spurious the grounds for your request. Warmest wishes to you this dawning, Asher Mir. Did you dictate that last part to him, Ikora? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you had better take it to her. I wouldn't call Hive Research a traditional dawning present, but she did request it. And so the it kind of just... Oh my gosh, this, this just cracks me up. This is one of the longest cards, by the way. Eris also had a dawning gift for me to pass on to Asher. At least she's making an effort. Well, I can't give this to him, Ikora hissed. I just can't, I can't just, I can just get rid of it, right? This is beyond a question of dawning etiquette, I whispered back. She nodded, her face set, let us never speak of this again. The letter that she wrote to Asher back. Uh-huh. Asher. Take heed not to succumb to the whispers, as fools do. Warmest wishes to you this dawning, Eris Morn. (laughs) (laughs) The most socially awkward characters in the entire game. Forced to... And they actually like each other. That's the thing, is they actually like each other. I don't! (laughs) 
<laughs> the best part is like Eva's just maneuvering completely around that situation. It was like, nope, right. bye. She is a master manipulator. Like I said last week, she is a master manipulator. Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I bet I'll hear his shout of gratitude all the way over here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. So this is the say it with a dawning gift. <laughs> yeah, this is for shacks. <laughs> so this was so- shortly after a certain card had come out and everyone <laughs> lost their mind about it. Oh, no. Uh, and he was and shacks was looking for a gift to give a certain special somebody. <laughs> and he decided that he wanted to give a bow and I don't really know where it went, but it's like it basically starts off with he tries to explain what a bow is to Eva. <laughs> and he had placed a bow on the bow. <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> it's a compound bow for shooting arrows. <laughs> I suspected he was smitten and this would not be a short conversation. <laughs> I'm like it, it's like Shax is like so Shax is the most like extroverted individual but then it comes to his <laughs> special friend and he's like the the whole thing is hilarious because he he's going by a code name and he is trying to whisper as best as he possibly can which but is he's, hilarious which, but he's he Shax cuz he can't <laughs> gonna boom everything i'm like like, so i guess actually my question is for you guys on this one do you who do you think this was for oh do we want to get into this one i'm just curious (laughs) i'm just curious i'm just curious because i have i have Uh, a pretty strong opinion on who this is for but there's the knee-jerk reaction that it's for mara which Mm -hmm. is what the internet blew up and had it's very big Marax moment, which Black Flag just said something in chat that is hilarious. Did this bow become the vow for Crimson Days? Like Mara returned it and she actually gifted it to us. <laughs> oh my that God. is amazing. So, no, it didn't because the vow is not a compound bow. Right. But the, the opinions that I think is a little bit more accurate is probably Zhur. Yeah, the only the only yeah. thing is that he did mention that he destroyed a book of hers once, and so yeah, that's, that's where a lot of people. Think it was Mara. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's what. Might be, who knows? Maybe he's destroyed more than one person's book. I mean, uh, I don't you know, know. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. And you know, give, I'm going to get so much grief, but maybe it's for both of them. Oh, Could be. I mean, he did meet sure. Yeah, mm. Well, because when he met sure. He was like enthralled with her. Like he was like, <gasps> <laughs> she's an Amazon. She's a, she's so like many, the literal heart I eyes. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was basically like Shax turned into a puppy dog. Like it was just like he was like, you're so tall. <laughs> I see those chibi eyes coming out of the yeah, helmet yeah. for him. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, so but the reason why is because later down she says, you know, she, well, she likes literature, 
she likes to fight. She's real. She's very. Is a recurve bow more romantic than a compound bow? <laughs> Asking I'm the like, right I'm like, Jax, what the? <laughs> and, ah, I nodded knowingly. I wouldn't know the difference between those weapons. <laughs> but maybe a book would be better. I have read Ikora's On Circles Revised Edition. It was very good. <laughs> that is a terrible <laughs> dawning gift. Slightly, slightly, uh... Oh god, robotic and his response for that. <laughs> oh my god. All right. Oh, Friendly face. Ah, uh, yes, so is this. Oh wait, is this No such thing as coincidence? Yeah. Yeah. The next one. Yeah. So this one is for Anna. Anna Bray, I think this is. Yes, this mm-hmm. is Anna Bray. So Anna um comes to see Eva one time, um coming to buy uh supplies for the dawning. Um and uh let's see, she wants to put it uh, so she asked for Eva's help to put together a really small, intimate uh dawning celebration. So um, you know, she's apparently uh looks sounds like she's uh, planning a celebration with uh, Cameron, who is her her girlfriend partner, um, and so Eva starts, you know, uh, giving her suggestions about what she can get. You know, things like lanterns, candles, and streamers. Um, uh, I think that's yeah. So go, <laughs> um, you know, uh, gets her, you know, picking up colors and that kind of thing. Um, and then think then um you know so after they picked up you know some lanterns, Eva pulls out her biggest assortment of dawning treats and says, "Sharing and generosity are the heart of the dawning. This collection is the one you want. Here I pause if you want to impress someone you love, and um so Anna decides I think it decides to get it, and um. And then she's, you know, and then Eva tries to get her, um, you know, finally the dawning gift, the most important. And Anna just says, oh, I've already got a good dawning gift. Um, And (laughs) apparently Eva, you know, (laughs) so Anna puts her belongings on the counter, you know, to show her that, you know, she's got a a necklace box. And um, uh, Eva happens to scan the spines of the thick books, some with very long titles, all labelled Fuan Library, reference do not remove. <laughs> Only Anna doesn't pay attention to such rules like, uh, you know that. <laughs> not above nicking uh, library books, although maybe she'll return them later. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, you know, and then she, uh, Anna shows Eva a necklace. Here's what I picked, you know, I think, I'll, think she'll like it, you know. Um, and Eva says, I didn't know who she was, but I admired the necklace uh, she was showing off, an elongated pendant with an emblem bird of exquisite workmanship. Um, and <laughs> I think this just uh, also shows how nerdy Anna is. Uh, she grinned that design is golden age, but the pendant also holds 35 petabytes of data. God. <laughs> Getting a practical but beautiful gift, apparently. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Um, 
Yeah, and then, yeah, you know, Eva convinces her to buy a book bag and some wrapping paper as well and complete all the purchase. And um, and then just as about, Anna's about to go, uh, Zavala comes up, um, you know, and... Uh, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, calls her Anastasia. That's also her full name. Um, and Zavala muttered the hunter. She pushed her shoulders back and thrust out her chin. She looked fierce as a falcon. Zavala uh, says, happy dawning, Anna. I'm surprised to see you in the tower. And she says, yeah, well, I had errands. And apparently Eva missed whatever else they said because... <laughs> Because someone ran up with a package asking, hey, did I hear that woman was headed back to Mars? This one's going there too. Um, <clears throat> uh, Eva says, I ran my eyes down the packing list, candles, lanterns, candy assortment, wrapping paper, cloak, ordered by a Cameron Demuzi. I got a funny feeling it was such a coincidence. <laughs> and says, I think this is meant to be a surprise. The package can wait for tomorrow's deliveries. And uh, then when she looked back, um, she sees that Zavala and Anna are um, uh, deep in conversation. And she says, um, by this, I guess that the dawning spirit was uniting old friends. So at least <laughs> Zavala and Anna are saying a bit more on talking terms, I suppose. <laughs> so, it's yeah. It's nice that you see that Cameron and Anna reunited. Yes, that's quite cute as well. I think that's nice. es- especially the way the comic left off. Right. Yeah. Everyone's like, yes. she's dead. No, no, she's not. She's not dead. She's she's not dead. We just don't know what she is at the moment. <laughs> well, if if there's been any alterations, respect, right. but she's she's around. Yes, she is around. Yeah, yeah. And just real quick, a petabyte is a million gigabytes. So that is holy moly. There you go. So uh, thirty-five petabytes is is uh, whoo. And then a necklace too. That's uh, (laughs) yeah. That's one heck of a gift. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, so good. Yeah. Okay. So that is the list for the first episode. So. It took us a little bit to wrap, get through those guys. Blue, do you want to wrap up this intro episode? Since we're, it's not really an introduction. It's last year's dawning, essentially. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, yeah, I think that's a good, good way of saying that what it, what we kind of were talking about was the last year. So this was, this was post Red War, like immediately post Red War, and now, so going into the advanced session, we're going to be talking about this most recent dawning. Um, which will have a few updates and also a few new figures, obviously, uh, since things have happened since this last one. So, um, but yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's actually a pretty good wrap up, just saying that it is last year's. Um, to be fair, we are going to touch on a few more from last year. There's at least three more that are from last year in the advanced episode. I just wanted to divide them in half. Because there's mm-hmm. friendly face like makes is, us want. Green is good at organizing. I may have gotten that when I did the gif of the show notes, everyone was like, oh my god. <laughs> they weren't even done when I did that gif. Anyway, we should wrap. All right. Well, Jazzy, do you want to lead us in shout outs for the intro session? Uh, oh boy. 
What a shout out to Matsui. <laughs> you know, um, he, I'll give you a second to think. So shout out for me is going to be a uh, shout out to Pino, one of the Bungie devs for being really on top of um, the guy is kind of everywhere. And it's amazing to see his interaction with a lot of the community members and especially with um, pushing out the Australian the fundraising with the t-shirt design everything. The other thing that he's done that was really hilarious and I helped push as well is he had to get a certain amount of likes to get I cannot remember the player's name. Nem plays yeah, was it? I think. Nem. I think. Yes, I could be remembering wrongly. You're right. Because <laughs> it was either Nim Salt or something like that. He's just he had to get a certain amount of likes to get him to change his name. We nailed it with that. So Yes. Shout out to the Bungie Dev Pino, because he is an amazing guy. He's super supportive. He's always on Twitter, it seems, at, well, at least when he's when he can be, and has been really a, a big voice in the community as far as helping people who want to interact with a dev interact with them. So shout out to Jazzy. Um uh, Oh, this is more broadly, <laughs> not really for one person, but uh, I'll say first shout out to Bungie in general for um, for doing the uh, T-shirt for raising money for the Australian bushfire relief. Uh, really, really awesome to see uh, see you guys, you know, supporting Australians. Uh, yeah, I guess during these times of these really bad bushfires, you know, and doing what you can to help raise money to help people and, and to help animals as well. Um, and I guess tying in with that also, yeah, shout out to uh, DDU podcast uh, for helping to organize a another uh, bushfire relief as well. And also for all the, uh, to all the uh, streamers and content creators who've been getting involved with that and helping to raise money. Um, yeah, you guys are all awesome. <laughs> Yeah. Also, next time, Bungie, can you do a fundraiser to improve the internet access for Australia? Because I'll <laughs> some of those. Nice. Gosh, oh my gosh, right? That yeah. would be very nice. <laughs> uh, no complaints for me. No, that would be nice. <laughs> All right, Blue. Well, that's, I mean, that's you guys nailed it both with my shout outs uh really just you know the support for the australians uh through this time and all that you just keep keep pouring out the support because that's what really the the community shines when we come together and help people so it's always it's always great seeing that uh for those of you in the live chat pins is being kind enough to share to share the tiltify link that ddu set up uh and then also the bungee group has the t-shirts as well that we've kind of mentioned already but you know as always i uh, just again thank you for thank you for your time and until next time remember stand strong stand tall and keep exploring you fixed it <laughs> Thank you.
With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.